0: Alright, here we go. Okay, anyway, real quickly, you know, index of your Bible, Genesis to Revelation, it is a timeline. I mean, you cannot miss that. No matter where you go, it's going to be a timeline. Anyway, I'm going to show you, we're going to get to Daniel here in just a second. You go, well, that's halfway through the Bible. The Bible is so short. History, 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 history. I mean, one after another. One after another, okay? Joshua, history. (coughs) Judges, history. History. Ruth was history too. There was a woman, whatever and whatever. It was just four, four chapters, real short. And then here's first and second Samuel's, first and second Kings. Uh, anyway, that's uh, when when they got in the promised land. They got in the promised land here in Joshua. They lost the promised land in Judges. It was gone. They were worshiping idols. God said, "You worship idols. You don't you don't look to me for your help. Go go cry out to that chunk of wood. That's what they were doing." And the Lord, if you'll remember, was having a hard time with them when he got them out of Egypt. They wouldn't trust him. I mean, as soon as they got, before they got out to Mount Sinai, the the manna was there. And he said, pick up manna every morning. And he said, this was the purpose of the manna so that you would learn to trust me, you know. Because remember, they didn't have McDonald's and stuff. And they weren't going TDY. They didn't have any hotels or nothing. There was nothing. After the Passover, which wasn't a fake, Passover meant the death angel passed over. And we know today, oh, Passover, Passover. it's a historic event. But see, they try to pull it back and they say it never happened. Really it, really, it really wasn't that. Boy, you start pulling that back, man. You're peeling that onion. Man, you're going to get yourself in a mess because your God no longer can do anything. And that brings me to a point. We'll just start here on something here. Let's go to the book of Matthew just a second. In Matthew, let me see if I can find it here. It's going to take me a second. Matthew 15. Let's check and see if I can see it right here. Uh, oh, well, hang on a second. They arrived. Okay, let's see. Let me see if there's one right here. Oh, they crossed the water. Let's see, we'll get to it. Okay, let's see. Let me back up just a second. They left the shore. Left the house. They got boot. Okay. Oh, let me back up to twelve. Give me a second. This is all history, too. It's where you just kind of just go through and see where it was. Uh, Let's see. I know it's at the tail end of something. I just want to show you something. 10, 11. Here it is right here. Okay. I think. Climbed in the boat, went across. Okay. Okay, let's back up. Okay, that one at 10, 11. We were at 12. Let's go 13, 14. 15, we were at 15, let's try 16. Oh, no, there it was right there. Look at this. One day, and let's find out where one day was. This is a little bit of history, so let's back up just a little bit. 15th chapter, what was going on here? Okay, <clears throat> he just fed the 4,000 here. Remember, he fed the 5,000. This is 4,000. He did it about two weeks apart, maybe even less than that. Afterward, when the scraps were picked up, this is Matthew 15, verse uh, 38, there were seven basketfuls left over. It wasn't like... Uh, that's the reason they put an exclamation. Good night. would just barely have enough. No, always enough. Then Jesus sent the people home, got into the boat, crossed to Magadan, or he crossed over to New Hope or whatever. Okay, look what happened. Now don't, you don't close your Bible and read it next year. Here's what happened next. One day, the Pharisees and Sadducees came to test Jesus' claim of being the Messiah by asking him to show them some great demonstration in the skies. Look at this. You're good at reading the weather signs, Oh, uh, the sky, red sky tonight, and fair, means fair weather tomorrow. Red sky in the morning means foul weather all day. But you can't read the obvious signs. He says this evil and unbelieving uh, nation asked for some. Notice the key word "unbelieving" there. Uh, asked for some strange sign to happen, and he said he tells them he says that uh, there's no further proof going to be given except a miracle that happened to Jonah. <laughs> Jesus doesn't believe in Jonah. I mean, come on, the fish, yeah. See, we're in, a tr- we're in trouble here. All these things that people laugh at us about and it gets into our head that, well, probably really didn't happen. I mean, if you isolate the book of Jonah and just read it and you don't realize what's going on, Jonah was a prophet, okay? He was sent to tell before Nebuchadnezzar got there because the town he went to, guess what? That was Nebuchadnezzar's hometown. That makes sense now because Nebuchadnezzar was coming down and going to wipe out Jerusalem, which was fine because Israel's worshiping stupid idols. So Jonah was prophesying and telling him, you guys better clean up your act or you're going to be in trouble. And God says, hey, Jonah, go talk to Nineveh. No way, I ain't going there. I'm not, no way. So that's what the background of that was. But anyway, Jesus now is saying what's going to happen to him is going to be the same miracle that happened to Jonah. Anyway, uh, let's see. That still didn't get what I was exactly looking for, but that was part of it. Let me me go down here. Oh. Let me get to it. Hold on. 16, 17. Six days later. Let's see. Well, praise the Lord. Let me see if it's right here. I know it's right here because I just read it the other day. Okay. Okay. Well, praise the Lord. I'll get to it. One second. Okay. It's Wow. well, wow, they don't want to pass this up. Look at this. When Jesus left us, this is in Matthew 20, Jesus left Jericho, uh, and his disciples left Jericho, a vast crowd surged along behind. I mean, they can't be like, we can't get enough people to come to church. You know, we, we, these people are not dummies here. They're following Jesus because something's happening to them. You know, okay. Two blind men were sitting beside the road, and when they heard that Jesus was coming that way, they began to shout, look at this, Sir, King David's son, have mercy on us. It's kind of selfish. We've got hundreds of people here, and what do these guys want? The crowd told them to be quiet, but they, they yelled only louder. Boy, that's what we need to do. Boy, I don't care what kind of trouble you're in. You lose your car keys or whatever. You just yell louder. Okay. When Jesus came to the place where they were, he stopped in the road and called. What do you want me? Look at that. What do you want me to do for you? Praise the Lord. We want to see. Well, real spirits, this is where we fall off the deep end. Real spirituality is to see beyond what your physical eyes, oh, hush that, hush that. If you're blind, you know, it's terrible not to be able to see. If you're having eye trouble, it's terrible, you know. You know, doctors are working with your eyes trying to get the glasses right. You get them changed and whatever, or you start seeing blurry one day and it's not blurry the next. and, And then it's like, God, the blur came back. We want to see Jesus move with pity toward them. You think he'd be moved toward pity to you? Yeah, absolutely. Touched their eyes and instantly they could see and follow him. Wow. Let me find what I was looking for. Hold on a second. Uh, wow, I'm just wondering what that was. Okay, let's see. I'm getting too far down in this other. Let me see. Let me see if it's right here. Hold on. Oh, let's see not there, it's not there, not there, but anyway, hey, I got to where I wanted to be anyway, I needed to be in this chapter, oh, uh, it's 13, hold on, I know where I'm at, hang on just a second, let me go back to 13, I know it's 13, it's 1358, matter of fact, whoops, hello, something happened, hang on, no, we don't want, good grief, I don't want to do that, Uh, let's see, I don't want to do that, what is that, Minimize. minimize, if it'll take it, there we go. Okay, good, good, good. All right. Okay. Uh, let's see. Let me get rid of that thing. Okay. Here we go. Yeah, exactly what I want to say. It's funny. I, I knew thirteen fifty eight just Okay, let's back up a second. Uh, he was in his own hometown. See that his own hometown. Thirteen chapter Matthew thirteen. This is verse fifty four. That's where he was at. Okay. He taught there in the synagogue, and everybody was astonished at his wisdom and miracles. Remember his hometown. Remember he did grow up. He didn't just go poof. there's Jesus. No. If people saw him grow up, and they're like, man, I don't know. Remember what he did when he was 12? His parents, they went to the Passover. and Everybody tromped off to Jerusalem like they were supposed to. On the way back, three days they'd been coming back. They had a long walk, okay? And they're going, y'all see Jesus? And my 12-year-old son? Nobody could find him. You know where he was? That was a story. It was a myth. It was a... No. They didn't know. They looked among their relatives. couldn't find him. They marched all the way back to Jerusalem. Where was he? In the temple. And he was astounding all of the Pharisees, Sadducees, that whole bunch. you know, They were like, they couldn't understand. They didn't know how he was so, his, his answers that he gave. Okay. How is this possible? How can, Je- we know Jesus is just a carpenter. He's 30 years old. He's, there it is. He's just a carpenter's son. We know Mary, his mother, and his brothers. James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. Look at the details. Can you really trust that Jesus really was, a, yeah, we got a lot of details. Okay. And his sisters, they're all they all live here. How can he be so great? Look at that. They became angry with him. Well, that's not gonna go over too good. And you get mad at Jesus, what are you gonna do? I'm mad at him. You're gonna quit praying, right? Look at that. Jesus told him a prophet is honored everywhere except in his own country, among his own people. Look at that. And so he did only a few great miracles there because of their unbelief. Same thing happened to the children of Israel, they got all the way to the promised land. We can't go in there. I don't care how great our God is. We can't go in there. (laughs) You shut the faucet off. Boy, we don't want to do that. Okay, now, let's go to uh, something over here in uh, Matthew chapter 24. You know, Matthew's one, you could just have Matthew alone and have the history of Jesus. Well, we've got more. We've got Mark, same thing. We've got Luke, same thing. And we've got John. Four books telling the same story from his birth all the way to when he's crucified and resurrected. Okay, so this this thing he's mentioning here, he's, he's going to tell them some stuff that's going to happen in the end of time. Okay. In other words, all these buildings are going to be knocked down, you know, and, uh, you know, and the nation's going to rise against nation. But let's, I want to get to a key point here. Look at this. Look at verse 15. So, when you see the horrible thing told about by, ah, Jesus, quit bringing up these people that never existed. They did exist. <gasps> Really wasn't in lines, then was he? Yeah. Mm hmm. Man. Wow. Well, Shadrach, Meshach, Benegal. Yeah. Wow. Well, that little story is over there in Daniel. But before I get there, let's go over here to, uh, let me refresh the screen just a second. Get what I need. Here we go. Let's go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. Okay. Let me get down here to it. Uh, let's see. Hebrews chapter 11, I'm just going down through here, let's see, let's skip down through here, let's see, he said, well, what more do I need to say? Verse 32, it would take too long, too long to recount the fables, so we want to keep everybody entertained, especially kids, we want kids, this is for adults, see that's where our churches have blown it, we got the felt boards for the one and two year old, three year old, four year olds, and we don't do the felt boards for the adults. We go, we need to learn to be nice. Man, these prophets weren't nice. I mean, according to what we think nice is. She, man. Mm. Anyway. So anyway, it would take too long to recount the stories of faith for Gideon, Barak, and Samson. Look at, whoever wrote the book of Hebrews believed all this stuff happened. Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the other prophets. These these people all trusted God. And as a result, look at that. Won battles. Praise the Lord. Found your car keys, whatever. Got over a, something that was going on with your neck or whatever. Overthrew kingdoms, ruled their people well, received what God had promised them, were kept from the harm. There, Look at that. In a den of lions. I still don't believe it. Well, then guess what? Matthew 13, 58 is going to happen to you. There's no prophet is without honor except in his own hometown. In other words, you figured this thing out. It can't be. There's, uh, Richard, there's no electricity, you know, whatever <laughs> Uh, the spiritual world has nothing to do with lightning and shoot, it's just, it's, it's just, it's just a matter of we just trust the Lord anyway. Okay, so now let's go over here to uh, Mr. Daniel. Okay, Daniel. Now last week we looked at, uh, oh, look at the time frame. Daniel. He just showed up. No, he wasn't. He was trying to, uh, Daniel wasn't. But this was the time when, well, I'll tell you, King Jehoiakim, he was like the last 50 years that Israel was still a nation. Actually, it's a split nation. It was Judah. Israel had already fallen. They'd already lost it all. But anyway, see, notice it says rule of Judah. Babylon, there he is. King Nebuchadnezzar attacked Jerusalem and his armies, and the Lord gave him victory over Jehoiakim. Well, I can't believe the Lord did that. Moses said he was. You worship idols, I'm going to round up these other nations, and they're going to wipe you out. That's what's going to happen. Okay, now, we already covered last week, and I don't want to recap it all, but anyway, chapter one there, uh, you know, these guys were, uh, excuse me, wait a moment, mouse to come back to life here. Okay, but anyway, chapter one, the, the Lord took care of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and, oh, uh, come on now, my friend. And, uh, Anyway, well, I'll just tell you. Anyway, Daniel chapter 1. And, uh, hmm, gee. Anyway, Daniel chapter 1. You, God gave them knowledge and skill and all wisdom and learning. They wound up being uh, four guys that supported Nebuchadnezzar. They were the top guys. Okay? All right. <clears throat> uh, I don't know what's going on here. Let's see. Let's see if we can get back to this. We don't make any progress, are we? Let me fix this real quick. It's oh. just trying to do an update, I think it's all it is. Well, mm. Mm-hmm. That'll fix it. Anyway, give me a second and pull that up. We'll do that again. Anyway, Daniel chapter 1. Yeah, I know. I'll I'll just tell you. Daniel chapter 1 Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego come on scene. And they had lost their whole families and stuff. That's all chapter 1 is. Okay, and then when you go straight into chapter 2, Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. Remember that? He has a dream, and he can't remember what it was. Okay. So he calls all his astrologers in and says, hey, tell me what the dream is. And they go, well, nobody can do that. You've got to tell us what it is first, and then we'll interpret it for you. And Nebuchadnezzar's furious. He's, so he orders all of them executed. Well, Daniel's part of that group, but he wasn't in the room at the time. So Arioch came out there, it was the guy's name, and he rounded up Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Abednego. And Daniel's sitting there going, whoa, what are we doing? What's going on? I think about it. You just rounded up for execution. You at least want to know why you're getting killed. And he said, well, the king had a dream, nobody can interpret it, so all y'all are dead. Daniel immediately says, no, hold on, you tell the king, hold on, I will tell him. How do you know you're always going to get out of your problems? Well, Daniel thought so. It's because our God is so great, and he'll be good to you too. Well, he's always good to Aaron. He's good to you too, and he'll be the same. Okay, all right. So anyway, and you can imagine, you know, what happened. They didn't get executed, did they? Because Daniel still had to be saved from the lion's then. So anyway, it was great. He oh, he interpreted that dream for him, you know, and this was not fairy tales. We just saw Jesus said, remember what Daniel said about something took place in the, holy, in, the, in the Holy of Holies. All it was was basically, like you want to call it, some idiot goes in there and says, I'm better than all this. And he's walking in there in the Holy of Holies behind the curtain and he says, hey, I'm God. <laughs> That's what was going on. Okay. <clears throat> But anyway, so, the third chapter. Anyway, after after Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had interpreted that dream for the king, or Daniel did, anyway, God promoted Daniel. One day you're thinking, oh my gosh, it's going to fall apart. Before nightfall, you're promoted. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. That's what's supposed to be going on for us. And it is. It is. Oops, I don't want that one. Hang on, I want this one. Okay, so, third chapter. It's It's all timeline. All right, so that, that happens. You know, they, they wound up being, I mean, four guys immediately wind up being next to, to shall you say, Pharaoh, except it's Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, hang on a second. let me say no to this. Okay, oh. <clears throat> but anyway, and then the next chapter is Nebuchadnezzar, and Nebuchadnezzar's stunned. He's like, that's my dream, that was it. I remember it was a 90-foot statue, whatever, it was really some great things that Daniel said about it. He says, King, look, he says. This is you, actually, you're the heads, you know, the feet's another kingdom, and then a rock came out of a mountain, a rock. And, okay, what's this going to be? And it wiped out, there was four kingdoms, and the fifth one that came along was the kingdom of God, praise the Lord. Okay, alright, so, we'll get to this here. So, then all of a sudden you go right into the third chapter, history, 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 the third chapter is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego thrown in a burning fiery furnace. Okay? And in that burning fiery furnace, some, you know, some people choke over. I said last week they they like, well, you know, our God's able to deliver us and he will. That's what they said. But then the next verse in the, the next few words in the King James says, but if not. Well, I mean, King Nebuchadnezzar doesn't have time for these people. I don't care about your religious stuff. They scared him. That's the reason he said, okay, let's execute them now. They bound them, you know. They got the most mighty men. And what did they do to the furnace? He heated it up seven times hotter. So Nebuchadnezzar thought their God was going to show up. Besides that, Nebuchadnezzar got down there to watch. He didn't say, well, I know, sometimes God does, sometimes he don't. No, he heard they would, and that's exactly what they said. All right, here we go. we are back up. Okay. So Daniel chapter 3, let's see. This whole piece, look at this. He says, is it true, Daniel 3 verse uh, uh, 14? Oh, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, he demanded. He was mad. Had government money put in this thing, <laughs> they're not going to worship it, and they were sidekicks to him. You're refusing to serve my gods. Hello, Shadrach, Meshach are counting the cost going, "Hey, I'm not worshiping your gods. I've already seen we lost a whole nation over this. I ain't going there no more." When the music plays, fall down and worship the statue. All will be well. But if you refuse, you will be thrown into the flaming uh, furnace within an hour. And what God can deliver you out of my hand? Now, if you'll catch up on this word right here, if you will do this, all will be well. I think that's what they were at. They weren't talking about, well, our God may we never can count on him. Oh, yes, you can. Anyway, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not worried about what will happen to us. For if we're thrown into the fire, look at this phrase. Look at this phrase. Our God is able to deliver us. Look at this. Notice they didn't say, and it's possible he might do it. No, he said, and he will deliver us out of your hand, your majesty. But if he doesn't, and I believe that, but if he doesn't is when you play the music, bow down. And you're going to be thrown into the fire. Okay. But if not, this is what's going to happen to you. But anyway, because notice this, he was filled with fury. His face, became, I like to count these things. He was full of fury. Number two, his face got <laughs> his disfigured, the King James says. He commanded the furnace to be heated up, that's three things, hotter than usual. He called for the strongest men, there's four of his army. Can't you just get the janitor too? And besides that, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they would have walked in by themselves. Okay, uh, let's see, they bound them tight, that's the fifth thing, and then they threw them in, fully clothed. Wow, a little kindling on you. Because the king has entered a man in such a hot furnace, the flames leaped out. Look at that, killed the soldiers that threw them in. Well, you know the story, look at this. And I think the sixth thing is Nebuchadnezzar went to watch. Watch what? Like, today, this is, this is where we're failing as, a, as believers with our friends and stuff. And this is the reason the Lord's convincing you and I, pray, pray about everything. He wants to reach your friends. They're going to say, Bob, I don't understand it. How come, you, you know, everything you're touching turns to gold? And Bob's going to go, well, oh, I know what it is. <laughs> I just had to be praying about that. Praying about it? Yeah, and I prayed about stuff the other day. And, and they're going, I get it. I get it. Anyway, as you know the rest of the story, there were four men in there anyway. So, and they, and they, they didn't even have to smell smoke. Okay, we sped through that. Okay, now, look what happened next. This is so cool. Daniel chapter 4. This is the pro- proclamation of Nebuchadnezzar the king, which he sent out to every uh, people of every nation, every language in every nation. Greetings. Now remember, this is a story from Nebuchadnezzar. Now Nebuchadnezzar already said, hey, from now on, if anybody says anything against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's God, you're in trouble. Because there's no God can do what their God can do. Now remember, Daniel, Jesus already endorsed this. Look at this. This is, this is the king. He wrote out a, catch it, it's a proclamation. He just hit the news. And said, hey, publish this. So be on the news. Okay, watch this. I want you to know about the strange thing that the Most High did to me. It was incredible. Look at this. A mighty miracle. Anybody got a praise report today? If Nebuchadnezzar was here, he'd say, yeah, let me tell you mine. You're going to see Nebuchadnezzar in heaven. Gee, look at this. And now I know for sure his kingdom is everlasting and he reigns forevermore. Now remember, the only kingdom that was around at this time was Nebuchadnezzar. He was top dog. He owned it all. But he knew there was another kingdom. And you got another kingdom too. Jesus said, the kingdom's within you. Never went anywhere. Remember when he said, tell the disciples. He said, hey, heal sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, and tell them the kingdom of God is near. Or whatever. It's that hand. Actually, it's that hand right here. That's what you tell them. Praise the Lord. What did that? The kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. Jill, you know, the Bible says that you and I have been translated out of the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of light. We're in that kingdom. Just because you can't see it. Just pray your way through it, and you'll go, well, that kingdom's there. I didn't get stuck out in the middle of the lake. Kingdom's there. I didn't run out of gas just yesterday. Kingdom's there, you know. uh, I didn't have any, I didn't get sick or whatever yesterday. I'm just naming some things that my own personal life. Okay. I want you all to know. Oh, come on, we don't have time for this. He's telling you this because he's saying, if it happened to me, it'll work for you. And now I know for sure his kingdom is everlasting. He reigns forever and ever. He says, I'm Nebuchadnezzar was living in peace and prosperity. When I had a dream uh, that greatly frightened me, I called in all the wise men. Here we go again. Remember, he already had a dream. That's the reason we have to brush up on this as Christians. We don't just say, I remember the dream. There was two dreams. And then there's a cool one coming up. Uh, we get to it. We'll get to it. Okay, watch this. I called in all the wise men of Babylon to tell me the meaning of my dream. This is, uh, we're in Daniel 4. But when they came, the magicians, astrologers, fortune tellers, wizards, all government employees, okay, I told them the dream, they couldn't interpret it. Oh, no. At last! Hey, I got this figured out. He called Daniel. Why bother with Daniel? Never misses. Never misses. Same thing with Joseph. Remember in Genesis. And he came in, the man I named, Belteshazzar, after my God. So you see what's going on. Nebuchadnezzar still feels honor to his God, even though he knows ain't been doing too much for me lately, but Daniel's God is doing great things. And remember, he said, I figured out my God's a piece of junk and this real God is the real God. So he said, he came in, a man whom the spirit of the holy God's. Now, this is what he likes to say. And I told him the dream. Old Belshazzar, now remember old Daniel's, probably, he, he hates his boss. You know, we all hate our bosses and stuff. No, that's not true. You may have a boss that you don't like or whatever, but, you know, I, you know, I've had some, you know, and, Just pray. Things will work out. They'll work out. You ought to be happy at work. That'd be another thing you ought to tell the Lord about. Lord, I hate my job. Well, ask the Lord to help you. Don't struggle through life if you want to. Oh, Jesus, you're just a carpenter. (laughs) You can't help me. This is the job. This is 2018. You don't know anything about this. He made the moon, you know. He made everything. He can't help you? Yeah, he can. So here's your dream. He says, uh, tell me what my dream means. Now, this time, Nebuchadnezzar remembered it. He said, I saw a very tall tree out in the field, growing higher and higher and higher to the sky until it could be seen by everyone in all the world. Its leaves were fresh and green, and the branches were weighed down with fruit, enough for everyone to eat. The wild animals, they slept under it, whatever, rested beneath it, uh, shade for the birds. Hang on. And the world, all the world fed from it. Then I lay there dreaming. Now, before I go any further, remember this, he sent this out to the whole world. He went like, well, if you've got time to read my book. Time, we're gonna read it, you know. Everybody knew it. What Nebuchadnezzar. Man, th- did he what did he do here? He preached the gospel, didn't he? Because he just told everybody about Jesus. He said, I gotta tell you all this. And he did it before he passed away. Now look what happened. Let's just see if God loved Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah, he did. Watch this. All right. While I was dreaming, I saw one of uh God's angels coming down from heaven. He shouted, Cut the tree. Lop off its branches, shake off the leaves, scatter its fruit, get the animals out from underneath it and the birds from its branches, but leave its stump and the root in the ground and band it with a bunch of chains around it, brass, surrounded by the tender grass. Let the dew, you know, he heard an angel say all this, drench him and let him eat grass like the the wild animals. For seven years, let him have the mind of an animal instead of a man. Uh, for this has been decreed by the watchers, demanded by the holy ones. Okay. The purpose of this decree is that the world may understand that the Most High dominates the kingdoms of the world and gives them to anyone he wants to, even the lowliest of men. Now, that's what he heard. And he didn't understand any of this stuff. And so he says, Daniel, I mean, that's Daniel's name. This was Chaldean. That was a Chaldean name they gave for Daniel. Old Belteshazzar. That was my dream. Now tell me what it means. Now notice this. The king's not going, can you crack this one? No, he knew he could. He says, Tell me what it means. Because he knew Daniel had, remember, the Spirit of the Lord in it, whatever. Okay. For no one else can help me. All the wise men of my kingdom have failed. But look at this. But you can tell me. You can always count on Janet. I'm going to call Janet, one of her friends would say. I'm going to call Janet. She never gets in trouble, you know. Or when she gets in trouble, she always gets out. Whatever. Same thing with Dominique and Caleb, whatever. Okay, we go. Then Daniel sat there stunned and silent for an hour aghast at the meaning of the dream, finally the king decided, look what he says, look, Daniel, come on, tell me what it is. Now look at Daniel's attitude here. Daniel's not, I am a prophet, and I am going to blaze you, you're going to rot in hell, and oh, I hate your guts. No, hold on, get the story. Don't, he, notice he said, remember this is a big king, he can have him killed. He says, the king said, Nebuchadnezzar who is, is a historic figure, he says to Daniel, another historic figure, don't be afraid to tell me what it means, I want to know. Look what Daniel says. Oh, that the events foreshadowed in the dream would happen to your enemies. Isn't that something? He said, man, I wish this wouldn't happen to you. Oh, God. Anyway, he says, For you, for the tree you saw, growing tall, reaching to the heavens for all the world to see with fresh leaves and grass loaded with fruit to eat and wild animals, la da 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 Okay, that tree, your majesty, is you. <laughs> okay? For you have grown strong and great and your greatness. Now, here's where he messes up. Now, remember... Nebuchadnezzar's who wrote this. Daniel didn't write this. Nebuchadnezzar wrote this story. Okay, and you ruled to the ends of the earth. Then you saw God's angel coming down from heaven and saying, cut down the tree, destroy it. Leave the stump and the roots of the ground, the earth surrounded by tender grass, banded with a chain of iron and brass. Let him be wet with the dew of heaven for seven years. Let him eat grass with the wild animals in the field. Your majesty, now here he's going to tell him, your majesty, the most high has decreed. In other words, God has said, this is what's going to happen to you, buddy. And it'll surely happen that your people will chase you from your palace and you will live in the field like an animal, eating grass like a cow, and your back will be wet with the dew of heaven. For seven years, this will be your life until you learn that the Most High dominates, God dominates the kings of men and gives power to anyone he chooses. But the stump and the roots were left in the ground. This means that you, look at this. And remember, is the one writing this. He's not going, hey, preacher, can you help me out? He was telling this story. You're going to get your kingdom back. Why is God taking so much time to deal with somebody who blew away Israel? Well, he loved him. Remember, Jonah went to go preach to Nineveh. And when God had to get on Jonah, he said, He said, Look, if I want to have mercy on these people, I'll have mercy on them. Look what that because Nineveh repented, man, they got they threw dust on themselves and, and they wore sackcloth and they go, Yeah, we blew it, you know. <laughs> you know, and God spared Nineveh. Well, anyway, he says, uh, He says, You're going to get your kingdom back when you've learned that heaven rules. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, listen to me. Look, he says, he's pleaded. Daniel said, look, King, come on, look. You've got to quit sinning. Now, what was, what was Nebuchadnezzar doing? He was going around going, man, I am such a hotshot. Man, I'm the greatest. I'm the king of rock and roll, whatever. You know, I am just so great. So he said, look, stop doing that. Do You know what's right. Uh, be merciful to the poor. Apparently he wasn't. Perhaps even God will yet spare you. Oh, and he would have. But in the end, he's actually going to. But all these things happened to Nebuchadnezzar. Boy, here's your timeline. 12 months later, oh mercy, he's strolling across the roof of the royal palace. Man, I, by my own power, man, I built this beautiful city in my royal inheritance, residence, as the capital of my empire. While he was still speaking, a voice called down from heaven, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, this message is for you. You're no longer ruler of this kingdom. You'll be forced out of the palace to live with the animals in the fields to eat grass like cows for seven years. Remember Nebuchadnezzar wrote this story. He wanted everybody to read it. We're at the end of this. Until you finally realize that God parcels out the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he chooses. That very same hour, uh oh, it hit the fan. This prophecy was fulfilled. Nebuchadnezzar was chased from his palace and he ate grass like cows. He lost his mind. His body was wet with dew, his hair grew as long as eagle's feathers, his nails were like bird claws. Gross. I've seen some of those folks run around town. Man, okay, anyway. At the end of seven years, I Nebuchadnezzar looked up to heaven and my look at this. After seven, my sanity returned, and I praised and worshiped the Most High God and honored him who lives forever. No, he didn't say, Oh, and I honored my gods. No, he knew there was one God. Okay. All the people of the earth are nothing when compared to him. He does whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, let's see. He thinks best, uh, here we go, among the angels of heaven as well as here on earth. No one can stop him or challenge him and say, what do you mean by doing this thing? When my mind returned to me, so did my honor and glory and kingdom. My counselors and officers came back to me. I was reestablished as head of my kingdom. This was Nebuchadnezzar. Now, I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and glorify and honor the king of heaven, the judge of all, Whose, very, whose every act is right and good, for he's able to take those who walk proudly and push them into the dust. Wow. Well, what about us? He'll do the same thing for you. Now, we got time. So I going to take you about five minutes to do this. Watch this. Immediately, boom. Belshazzar. Now, whoa, whoa, whoa. Who's this guy? He's Nebuchadnezzar's son. The king invited a thousand of his officers to a feast where the wine flowed freely. Well, the wine back in those days, it, you know, they didn't have anything to drink, whatever. Well, the wine, uh, you see, you you're just showing your ignorance. Well, Richard wine back then was not as potent it was. Well, then what kind of wine did Noah have? Because he got ripperore and drunk. Remember that right after the flood? Same wine, same. One. Okay, just keep going. This is in Babylon. Doesn't matter. Belshazzar was drinking. That's not Daniel. He was Belteshazzar. This is this is grandson to Nebuchadnezzar. You'll see in a minute. You'll well, how do you get that? You went to preacher school. Nah, it's the next verse down here. He see hit. He was, look at this, he was reminded of the gold and silver cups taken long before from the temple in Jerusalem. Where'd those gold and silver cups from? They were in the temple. Solomon built that temple. It's beautiful. There were wonderful cups in there. They're going to get in trouble tonight. Watch this. So they brought them things out. Okay. Uh, They got them during Nebuchadnezzar's reign, brought them to Babylon. Belshazzar ordered the sacred cups to be brought into the feast. Look at this. When they arrived, he and his princess, wives, concubines, they drank toast from them to their idols. Hey, give me that, that goblet that was supposed to be, you worship Jehovah, whoever he is. Give me that thing. They'd fill it full of wine and they'd say, to my boo ba God. They all drinking from these cups. Oh my goodness. Mm-mm. Watch what happens. You ever heard the phrase, I saw the handwriting on the wall? Guess what? This is where it came from. It's not graffiti in L.A. That's not where that come from. Praise the Lord. Here it goes. Really cool. Watch this. So he ordered all those cups to come in, and they all drank from them. The, to their idols made of gold and silver, brass and iron. Yeah, those are real gods, aren't they? You know, Thou shalt have no other gods before me, because there is none. Suddenly, as they were drinking these cups, look at this. All of a sudden, while I'm preaching, all of a sudden, <laughs> there's a hand over here going, it would freak you out. Here's what happened. Look at this. Anyway, uh, they saw the fingers of a man's hand writing on the plaster of the wall opposite the lampstand. I'm going to remind you again. I've already said it, but the handwriting on the wall—it's a fable. Why do we use the phrase? It's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years. This is where it came from. (gasps) The king himself saw the fingers as they wrote. (laughs) Wonder where—Wonder where that wine went. (laughs) His face blanched with fear and such terror gripped him that his knees knocked together and his legs gave... way. He's king. Hey, bring in the magician. Here we go again. Bring in the astrologers. He screamed. Bring in the Chaldeans. Whoever reads the writing on the wall tell me what it means will be dressed in purple robes of honor and with a gold chain around him. <laughs> Remember that because that's going to come into play in a moment. And I'm going to make him third rank in the kingdom. Look at this. He'll become third ruler in kingdom. But when they came, none of them could understand the writing. Well, you know where we're going. Here we go. Look at this. The king grew more and more hysterical. Remember, he's, he's the son of Nebuchadnezzar. Maybe grandson. Let's see. Here it comes. His face reflected the terror he felt. His officers were shaken. When the queen mother... Yeah, it was his mama. She was married to Nebuchadnezzar. Apparently, Nebuchadnezzar's passed away. She heard what was happening. Now, look how solid she knew about the Lord. I mean, she was married to the guy, Nebuchadnezzar, that sentenced three guys in the fiery furnace and he comes home and goes, you ain't going to believe what happened today, honey. I threw three Jews in a fire and he didn't get burned. Oh, that never happened. What have you been drinking? It happened. Anyway, Queen Mother heard. She rushed to the banquet hall and said to Belt, calm yourself, Majesty. Can you calm yourself when you're having trouble out there? This grandmother could. This mother could. We should calm ourselves too. Look at this. Don't be so pale and frightened over this. There is a man in your kingdom. Who has within him the spirit of the Holy Ghost in the days of your papa. Well, this never happened. (laughs) We know it did. This guy was full of wisdom, understanding as though he himself were a God. Now listen, that phrase belongs to you and I. You and I are the smartest person in the room among people that don't know the Lord. You always need to remember that. Praise the Lord. Anyway. And in the reign of your dad, King Nebuchadnezzar, he was made chief of all the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeans, soothsayers in Babylon. Call for him. Notice he didn't say, "Well, let's give it a shot." No, she said, "You call for him, and he'll tell you." This man, Daniel, or Belteshazzar, as the king called him, his mind is filled with divine knowledge. Whatever, understand? He'll interpret the dreams, explain riddles, and solve. Look at that, solve naughty problems. You got a problem? I just stick. I got some stuff on my plate, and I know I'm going to get it. Get it. He'll tell you what the writing means. So Daniel rushed in to see the king. The king asked him, Are you Daniel brought from Israel as a captive by King Nebuchadnezzar? Well, that never happened. Yes, it did happen. They just rehearsed it right there. I heard that you have the spirit of the gods within you, and you're filled with enlightenment and wisdom. My wise men, man, they couldn't do it. Can you do this one? I mean, Daniel doesn't even flinch. Look at this. He said, They tried to read this and tell them what it means. They can't. I'm told you can solve all kinds of mysteries. Look at that. He didn't say, well, we're going to give you a shot. He knew he could. Now look at this, he says, if you give me the meaning, I'll clothe you purple robes, gold chain around, make you third ruler in the kingdom. Daniel says, look at this, keep your gifts, keep your gifts. Now why would he say that? Daniel was already loaded up. Besides that, Daniel wants to make a point to the son. He probably knew the son the whole time going, look, your daddy learned a hard lesson. You're going to learn one now too. You're getting big headed. You don't believe in God. You're an atheist. You believe in these goober gods, whatever it is. You get yourself together. Your majesty, the most high God, gave Nebuchadnezzar, who long ago preceded you a kingdom of majesty and glory. He gave him such majesty that all nations of the world trembled before him in fear. He killed anybody who offended him. He just got them out of the way. Here we go. Spared anybody he liked. At his whim they rose or fell. But when his heart and mind were hardened in pride, see he's rehashing what Nebuchadnezzar said in the previous chapter. God removed him from his throne. He chased him in the palace. You know, this out there like a donkey. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. 22. And you, his successor, you're the son. You knew all this. Yeah, I did. But you've not been humble. For you've defied the Lord of heaven who brought you, put you as king, whatever. You're out here. Notice what they did. They took, they took those cups. Oh, my gosh. And you and your officers and wives and concubines have been drinking wine from them while praising the gods of silver and brass and iron and wooden stone. Gods that neither see nor hear know, know, nor know anything at all. Boy, that's the difference between our God. Except for sometimes in the Bible, well, we claim it's just uh, emotional help we get from him. And he doesn't really, we don't want to get God involved in everything because God gave me a brain. He wants me to, I have a brain, but I need the Lord. I love it. There's a car running around Huntsville. I love it. Bumper sticker on the back says, I need Jesus. <laughs> I thought that's so funny. I need Jesus. Because that's what we used to say. That guy needs Jesus. But it was cool that he was saying on the back of his little truck, I need Jesus. Man, praise the Lord. Yeah, I need him too. We got it. Okay. You've not praised the God who gives you breath of life and controls your destiny. Praise the Lord. And so God has sent these. Here it is. Uh-oh. Remember the handwriting on the wall? Look at this. He sent these fingers to write. Look at this. And you may have heard this because in our society sometimes we'll say meeny, meaning, tinkle, parson. Well, that's where it comes from. This is it. Meeny, meaning, tinkle, parson. This is what it means. Meaning means numbered. God's numbered the days of your reign and they're ended. Now let me hold it right here. What about our days? Moses already told you the number of your days you will fulfill. Psalm 91 says, with long life will I satisfy you. The first commandment will promise. Honor your father and mother, it'll be well with you and you'll live long on the earth. Boy, you're talking about numbered. Hallelujah. Tinkle means weighed. You've been weighed in God's balance and failed the test. Parson means divided. What's this? Your kingdom's going to be divided. Ooh, the Medes and the Persians. And that's what opened up Ruth. I mean, not Ruth, but uh, Esther. <clears throat> in other words, that's, those kingdoms took place right after that. Anyway, then Belshazzar's command. I mean, man, he was, now this is the king, Belteshazzar, Belteshazzar, it's this guy, Belshazzar was Nebuchadnezzar's son, so the king, he, he got it, so he said, hey, and he commanded Daniel to be robed in gold, and a purple chain around his neck, and proclaimed him third ruler in the kingdom, Daniel's just used to this, you know, anyway, that very night, uh-oh, the Chaldean king was killed and Darius the mean entered the city and began reigning at the age of 62. Now, I'm not going to read it, but I just want you to see what it is. So, Darius is king. What happens to Mr. Fable that Jesus said, when you read about what happened to Daniel, Darius divided the kingdom 120, guess what this is? Daniel thrown in the lion's den. He's totally untouched. These men were so mad that Daniel prayed, let's get down to the... Remember, and King Darius, he couldn't sleep. Oh, let, me, let me show you what King Darius said. Oh, they were saying, hey, you've got to be thrown to the lions. Well, let's see where it is. Yeah, look at this. King Darius was very angry with himself for signing the law. See, they tricked him. This king loved Daniel. Praise the Lord. Do you think you've got favor out there with people you work for? Hallelujah, yeah. Oh, you're going to have people that hate you. But Praise the Lord. I tell you what, the ladder works great for you and I. In the evening, the men came to Daniel and said, okay, you got to throw him in the fire. I mean, excuse me, throw them in the lines then. Let me get to it. Uh, look, at, look at this. Look, look what this guy, this total idiot, but he's not. I'm just making a point. The king said, may your God, whom you worship, who you worship continually, deliver you. Praise the Lord. We can just get that in our thinking. God's going to get, I'm on the side of the road. Doggone it. Phone went out. Dead it. No cell phone. Don't worry about it. You're going to get it. Somehow, some way. you're going to get out of trouble. Whatever. Anyway, so the king returned to his palace. He went to bed without dinner. Boy, he didn't want to go out to the nightclub. Man, he, he didn't sleep at all. Look at this. Here's the punchline. Very early in the morning, he hurried out to the lion's den, called out in anguish. Oh, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God, whom you worship continually, able to deliver you from the lions? Can you imagine? He's getting close. He's just already screaming. Well, then he hears a voice come back. Then he heard a voice. Your majesty, live forever. Oh, God. You think what that did to him? Because this was his best friend. It was Daniel. God sent his angel. He said, shut the lion's mouth so they can't touch me. For I'm innocent before God, nor, sir, have I wronged you. Wow. Last little bit here. Look at this. The king would, look at that. The king, <laughs> I would too. The king was beside himself with joy and ordered Daniel lifted out of the dead. Not a scratch was found on him. Boy, the king got them other guys back. Boy, he threw them up and the lions tore them up before they got to the bottom. Anyway, notice what the king said at the end. He said, I decree that every, everyone shall tremble in fear before the God of Daniel and every part of my kingdom for he is the living God. Look at this. unchanging, whose King God, Unchanging God, whose kingdom shall never be destroyed and whose power shall never end. Look at this. He delivers his people, preserving them from harm. Now, why would I want to teach a four-year-old, a five-year-old, whatever, about Daniel and the lion's and not remind myself about this story, especially all the details? This king made a decree. Yes, put down, will will not be harmed. Yeah, put down, protects them always. (laughs) Glory. This is the last verse. He does great miracles. I mean, he did great miracles. No, he does And delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. You have a verse in the New Testament. Paul wrote because Paul got thrown to the lions. And the Lord said he delivered me from the mouth of the lion in 2 Timothy. Praise the Lord. Okay, but we're done. Last little verse. So look at this. Daniel prospered. Praise the Lord. Did you know Daniel got to go back? He's in the list. He went back to Jerusalem after 70 years. The rest of this story here, 7, 8, 9, 10. We'll get to it later. Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you that it's true. Hallelujah. Jesus spoke about Daniel. Father, we you. if we're not feeling good today, you'll take care of that. What's healing to you? Praise the Lord. If we're hurting anywhere, you just fix it. Same thing's true financially. If we're hurting financially, fix it. Praise the Lord. We just saw you prosper, Daniel. Lord, and if it's some other problem, it wasn't even mentioned, but it doesn't matter. It is a problem. It's on the horizon. We're facing it. Oh, thank you, Lord, you'll get us out. And that doesn't leave anything left but for us to keep records and tell others what great things you're doing for us as we tell others about Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> amen. Hallelujah. Glory.